you know, he, he's just obviously trying to fin- finish this thing off. And, you know, it's unfortunate for him. He just fell. I mean, let's just keep it at that. What it did do was give Eli the points lead. That's why it was really interesting that Eli chose that tire because it was that slippery out there. So I'm stewed because I can't put any other rider on this list. What's up, guys? It's your boy, James Stewart. We back. The Rewind Show, baby. We here at Round 7 at Millville, Minnesota. Lake Minnetonka, RD5. Fresh Cup of Joe. You know, it's hometown. But we're going to get into it. A lot of stuff that happened. Big weekend. You had two guys battling in both classes. But ultimately, ultimately, only one of them is going to get a neck burn. So let's find out together. Round 7, Millville, Minnesota. Let's get into it. Every time I've raced Millville, it's always been... Um, you know, really deep, um, really rutted. And I feel like the only time I, I raced Millville where, where it looked like this was in 2013. And I had a great battle with Trey Kennard, both motos. Stewart gets it back. Oh, they touch. Wow. Stewart tries to run Kennard wide. And it was the only time that when I look at this track, it was smoother. Um, it was really high speed. The sand rollers, they were bigger than this, but they wasn't too much. Um, where sometimes you come here, those things like you, you every lap, you're like, oh, here we go again. And so the, the track was more based on like how it looked in 2013 for me, where it was like, you know, it was really sandy. It had like a sand top to it, but it was really hard packed. And like I said before, it makes it, it makes it difficult trying to, um, you know, pick out a tire because it's important to get a start here. It's important to get starts at all tracks, but this particular track, you can lose a lot of time because when you got fresh, clean air, you can ride your own lines. And as high speed as this track was, and then the fact that, you know, off the start, you go down that long straightaway, everybody kind of bottles up, you know, right before you get into those sand rollers, and then you have the sand rollers. You can go from the leader, you can be almost 15 seconds down in a quarter of a lap, depending on where you start, just from all the riders. So it's super important to get a start here. So I think when you watch Eli, and they talked about it on the broadcast about, him picking that tire was kind of shocking. And it it was in a sense. Um, I don't know if he's been running that paddle scoop tire all year long, but to me, when I when I saw that and they mentioned it before the first moto, in my mind, what it told me was he knew where where his bike was good, where his bike was bad. He knows how Chase rides, he knows this track, you know, the layout. I think Eli knew that the start was probably the most critical part for him like from watching practice watching the you know how chase has been in certain parts of the tracks all these tracks that open par i think he knew from practice and from history that he needed to get a start he needed to be up there with chase because i think if you would allow chase to get a whole shot and he would have got maybe let's say a start like he did first moto at um at southwick the track and making up that much time, I don't think he would have been able to call Chase without making, you know, mistakes and putting himself at risk. So I could be wrong, but if I'm in his situation in his head and I'm just knowing the facts, I would have chose that tire too. And I would have chose that tire for the start to be really aggressive and make sure I get up there with the guy, especially if I knew the guy was good on this type of track. So that's what I was thinking that was happening because the whole track, it, I mean, he's raced at this track a million times. And he knew, like, this track is a lot harder than it has been in the past. And he knows how slippery it is. Ask Ken Roxon. 
he knows how slippery. Ask Joey. Like, it's slippery out there. People sliding around donuts all day long out there. Look like an ass car after you got, you know, one. So he knew that. So that particular tire wasn't that good for the rest of the track, but obviously he made it work. And for some reason, the first moto, um, it looked like he really struggled on that tire. Like he was good off the start. And then he was sliding around a lot. Um, the first motive, like he just didn't look like the bike was settled, um, had a lot of traction. So the second moto, I don't know if he ran the same tire or not, but it was a different, and, and that could be just because the track got a little bit rougher, got a little bit slower. And, um, I think there was more things to bank off of on the first moto uh, compared to the first moto, but nonetheless, he's riding on confidence, like just the, like the belief that he has when he's making passes, like in that the last couple of weekends, I said, like, he looks like he's not worried. Um, that was on full effect. And even though Chase was probably should have won, won this weekend, you know, when you start looking at the whole, um, you know, the way the things were set up and where he's good and where Eli's struggling, I think Chase probably should have won. Um, but Eli wasn't having none of that. And that just shows I was more impressed about Eli this weekend, what he was able to do and hold Chase off. Um, then, you know, Chase being close, but they both wrote well, but ultimately like that's the difference between those two was confidence. Yeah, I know Chase went down the first moto, you know, he was leading it. And then when you saw him, like, he, you know, he caught Eli, he goes around him. Eli tries to fight a little bit, but Eli kind of knew like to be able to run Chase's pace. Um, it was taking more risk than what he wanted to, like he did his best to try to stay there. And ultimately he was just hoping that. Since Chase was running that pace, he would end up doing what he ended up doing was falling over. But Eli wasn't taking those chances. All the things I said, how when he was, you know, when you watch Eli, the way he's riding around maybe certain weaknesses of the bike, this track was hard to to do that because there was, you know, 80% of the track was, you know, really open and stuff. And where Eli was faster than Chase was more in those tighter parts of the track, but this track was pretty open. So um, Eli being straight up and down, going to the corners, Millwheel is all about, you know, being smooth and, and almost like a road racing style track. You got to be up on the right side here to be on the left side here and you just move back and forth. So obviously they're both really good at that. But when Chase got around uh, Eli, you could tell he tried to fight with him. But it just wasn't happening. Eli wasn't just going to make that big mistake and, um, you know, let Chase, um, you know, gain a bunch of points. And they're both better than everybody else. They're clearly one and two. And so I, I think it's just more about Eli being there and, and done this before and kind of knowing the situation and uh, knowing that, you know, winning all these races in a row, he just got the points lead. Chase has won one race, uh, one overall this year. Eli's won, what, four, four or five something. He's won a lot. And um, he's got a five-point lead. So Chase has been all too consistent and throwing away a race is not, you can't have that. So Eli knew and ultimately like Chase ended up falling over again. And, um, you know, he he got it done. To me, when I watched this one, I don't think it was a, um, you know, it wasn't like he was overriding, you know, like some of the crashes. I mean, a lot of the crashes, like you're like, all right, like even when he flipped up like a laundromat uh, folded up. In Supercross, it wasn't an overriding one. And even the one he fell at um, Thunder Valley, it wasn't overriding. Maybe lack of focus on um, the Thunder Valley. But this one, you know, he's comes down those hills and he's on the inside. And if you know with Millville, this track's actually really off camber. Um, it's on the side of a mountain. And the way this, the way that track was and the angle that Chase was going in, it put him pretty much straight up and down in this corner. And if you watch, 
he was hitting those breaking bumps. And I think hitting those breaking bumps going down there didn't allow him to slow down as quick as he wanted to to be able to catch that rut. And he goes to lean over, the berm blows away, and he falls over. So to me, the only part that you could be like, okay, maybe was he overriding or too aggressive was maybe going down the hill, but I don't even really see that. I just saw he got caught in a situation, the berm blew away because 39 other guys that went through the thing and his angle and possibly not being able to slow down as quick as he wanted to because he jumped down that hill a little bit farther. Uh, maybe that's what caused him to get in there with more momentum, but he just fell. I mean, let's just keep it at that. What it did do was give Eli the points lead. So it wasn't the crash. It wasn't that he was overriding. It was the fact that, like, for the first time in a month, uh, you know, at least a month, I would say that he actually caught past Eli and was going to beat Eli, um, like, straight up. And he fell on there. And I think for Chase, it's it's frustrating you know, but I don't I don't know if he was the one after he fell at, at Thunder Valley. Like you can tell he was mad. This one, I think he was upset that he threw it away, but I think the the telling part was that he wasn't angry enough to where it was like, I did something like stupid, you know. I just threw that away. He knew he fell and gave the lead away, but it wasn't like some some crashes you do, you just like, I mean, damn, like it sucks. It's racing. And some crashes you do, you like, dude, I'm an idiot on there like you know you could have avoided that this one you know it, it could have happened to any of them and so um just unfortunate him he lost the points lead and then i i think that started what what you saw in the second motor with eli him being aggressive because again like i said you you have a sense of like the way guys are the confidence that the guys got and i think chase catching him and how the track was i think it gave him a lot of confidence that he felt like for the first time in a while, that he can just beat Eli. Eli sensed that, and that's why he was so aggressive that second moto, and um, you know, and then wanted to get in front of him. So, you know, unless he just made a mistake, fell over, it, lost the points lead. It was a bigger, it was a bigger issue than just falling over. But I'm not gonna. It wasn't a overriding that he sh- he shouldn't have done that or whatever. Um, like so many crashes, he just fell. I mean, these guys are going fast. People are falling all day long. I mean, Joey fell first lap. Ken fell multiple times to German chocolate. He was like, he was slipping on bananas out there. Had a banana uh, root beer float playing a Sunday. I don't know what it was, but guys are sliding out. And that just shows, that's why it was really interesting that Eli chose that tire because it was that slippery out there. Like I said, there was NASCAR donuts going on, but he made it work and he got it done. You know, what I, what I did notice about Eli this weekend, um, that his bike that, remember I talked about the wallow feeling, the wallowy? I noticed his bike was like that more this weekend. And I don't I don't know if it was, you know, I know what it was from. It was track. Track was a lot faster than, you know, the last couple of races and stuff. But I noticed, like, right before the finish line, if you saw him, you know, Eli, there was times where he would, like, you know, charge down there, get the bike to, like, settle down, like, actually compress. And he was bunny hopping over those bumps and not try to hit the braking bumps going down. Because anywhere where it was, like, straight downhill and he was charging, like, he was a little suspect. Um, but he was doing a good job at like doing that. But by doing that, bunny hopping, it was also putting him in those next breaking bumps pretty fast. And I just noticed when he was trying to get on the brakes, like the thing with it was popping up and like kicking out like the the wallowy. Then when he hits that corner and he gets on the gas, if you watch his rear end, you notice like uh, it was like like he was doing this number, you know, a lot like it was like moving around. And that was that that's that wallowy kind of feel I was I was talking about. 
And not only is it, that part wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't that sketchy when he was on the gas, but the wallowy feel is, or it gets sketchy is after you pass the mechanics area and you start going into that next, like that high speed thing. And, um, you know, that's where Eli was really trying to be, um, straight up and down as he was charging into that, just like Southwick. The only other place that I saw that when I'm watching it, it looked like it was, it could be any moment type was when he was jumping into that sand roller, uh, those sand whoops. And what you start, what Eli started doing, if you notice, he was like, they were kind of like tripling into this thing. But what he started doing was like two and a half and he was coming up short. So he wasn't getting into that, that actually goalie. And you would think, all right, you want to get into it because it's smoother. He was actually jumping halfway there. So what he was doing was bouncing off that last one and almost lifting the bike up and, and being able to power through the rest instead of dropping into that and into that sand roller. Well, what, what happens when you drop into it, if you have a bike that's too soft or a bike that wallows, you, you risk the chance of that thing knifing. If the knife's right there, it's game over, lights out. Um, so he was doing that. And there was a couple of moments in the first, um, the first motor where he was dropping into that and it just looked sketchy. So he changed it. And he was able to like, you know, come up a little bit short. Chase caught onto that. I think um, a couple guys, Jet was doing it in the 250 class. And what that also allowed you to do, not only just for the bike and keeping the thing from like, you know, ripping out of your hands, it actually kept your momentum like going. So the way these sand rollers work was you, you want to you wanna keep the front end light, obviously, but you don't want to actually drop in the middle of it. Like, you know, you think you want to kind of get a rhythm like being smooth in there. You know, what Eli was doing by allowing him to come up short was allowing him to keep the rear end on the ground. And what you want to do in these sand rollers, it's almost like you're wheeling, but the back wheel never comes off the ground. If you watch Jet, Eli, when they got a good run, even like Chase, anybody got a good run, what you see is their front wheel coming up and is basically lifting in between the rollers. But the rear wheel comes off, never comes off the ground. It follows, when I mean never comes off the ground, it never comes off. They keep the bike where it's driving all the way through the whoops. So the difference is when you watch another guy going through the same rollers, if their back tire came off at all, they lost a lot of time. If they were able to kind of wheelie and keep the front end up and driving through and the back tire stayed on the ground all the way through it, at least until that like little um, like nook in there. Those guys were fast. And that's how you made this whole sand um, section work. Even back in my day, the way to get through those things was be able to keep the rear end on the ground the whole time. And anytime it came off, you just lost a lot of speed. And how long they were when you lost that speed, it it carried maybe a mile an hour in the beginning, ended up five in the end. And the difference of like how much time you can gain and lose was right there. So uh, I remember back in, in 2013 when I passed, um, Justin, I maybe pass even Mr. R.D. Coffee, Trey. I was really good in that section, and it was the same thing. I was actually going wide in the first part of that moto and basically straightening up and just driving through that sand section. And again, this was a little bit back then. They were a little bit bigger, um, but the same concept. I was trying to keep the rear end on the ground, not lifting up. And um, it's just a cool part as a fan. Just pay attention to that uh, and it kind of show you how to ride sand rollers and you can see the difference between guys when they're racing each other on how that rear end looks and how much speed they can carry through that whole section. <laughs> Going back to Supercross, remember I said like the difference between guys that like guys that win, guys that's like fifth, tenth place, like the hustle. Ken was definitely when that that the first motor when they didn't show it, but they got a video of it where he he hot sides off that thing. 
he definitely wasn't in no rush to get up. Now, granted, it is a blind jump, and those guys really can't see him. But you, you know, usually when a guy's in a rush, they get like, yeah, 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 you know, like throwing it out. And he was just chilling. I mean, he knew. Ken, Ken is in a situation that he's in a situation, and if whatever that means, that means he's in a bad situation mentally. And you know, when you sent me this video, I said like, it's, those two crashes aren't surprising. And they haven't. Like, I mean, Savachi crashed. A, a bunch of guys crashed after that finish line. Slipperness. And even the one where he goes and, you know, where he loses it on the first motor where they didn't show it on TV. Nah, I can see that. I mean, it happens. It's the fact that it who it happened to is surprising. I was surprised that Ken had two crashes like this. Ken doesn't really ever crash. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, fall over and whatnot. But, like, I mean, the two crashes were, like, like, damn, like, Ken, like, Ken, like, on there? And the, the first one, or the second one after the finish line, I mean, those are the ones that ones you're like, all right, all right, or bam! Like, dude got body slammed, you know? You know, when you see a guy, like, adjusting his goggles after he's getting up, he means he just got rocked on there. Then you hit his head, he just got rocked. Things just happen. You got to fix the vision, like, what just happened? And so... It was just shocking that Ken got, like, those are the ones that you come out the corner and, and you're just like, oh, I'm just having a little slide out. And the thing just hooks up. Dunlops were hooking up and it just smacked you on there. Weird looking crash. Just flipped over there. So, um, yeah, it, it's just tough. And then the second one, you know, he goes off there. He goes to does a scrub. I don't know if he slid off the jump or maybe there was a little bit of ruts, but obviously he got awkward. And the, everybody was kind of scrubbing off that because you were going uphill. But the thing that you didn't want to do was you couldn't scrub too much because, as if you know, going uphill when the second jump's bigger, you know, scrubbing stays low. So you don't really want to try to do that. You don't want to go into the next phase. So obviously he scrubs. And it's the same thing that happened to Chase when I was saying, like, when he fell at Thunder Valley, you know, that split second where he got in that weird, like, awkwardness, that free zone. It's the same thing that happened with Ken right here. If you look, when he goes to scrub, there's a point where that bike gets, it's free. There's nothing he can do. Like, it's not even, he's on, he's along for the ride. All he can do is wait for that thing to hit. And that's when the scrub goes bad. It's like you go to scrub and it gets past this awkward spot and you're just like, okay, here we go. It's like when you whip it and, you know, for some of those amateurs out there, you're like, all right, throw that whip and you're like, cool, cool. And then there's a moment where that thing keeps going. And you're like, I can't do anything. Well, that's what happened with Ken. And then obviously when that thing hit, he's going uphill with a lot of speed. He's off the back and it just slingshots him. So he was in a world of uh, trouble as soon as he went to go scrub that thing. But it's not surprising. I, those crashes happen. They happen. It's just who it happened to is the part where even in the past, you didn't see this, you know, like. You know, Ken might have races like he did last weekend or at, uh, you know, at uh, Redbutt where he would be up there and you go back. But like the the crashing is is different. And that just tells me that, um, you know, he he's just obviously trying to fin finish this thing off. And, you know, it's unfortunate for him. You know, I'm not harping on him. It seems like we're always talking about him this weekend. But, you know, it's hard to talk about not talk about one of the greatest riders as, you know, our sports scene. And most talented and in any any sport when you have this going on, it's news. It's news. And, you know, we can not talk about you. You know, that means nobody really cares. The fact is we care here, so we bring it up. Um, I just wanted him to, like, get through it. And I just see uh, this 
trend is starting to get to a point where it's, I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but it's not just, okay, I'm just going to ride out and just finish 10. It's like you're having these moments and um, it sucks. It sucks. I've been there. It sucks. And, um, you know, I would just say to Ken, like, it's, if you start doing this, it's, it's better off to stop than do this because this gets you hurt. You know, the going back, fading, whatever, like, dude, that's something that you can work on. But, you know, this is lack of focus. This is uh, other things going on. It's like you're you're in a zone where you want to try, you want to keep like going, but you're not all the way there. And that's when this stuff happens. And, um, you know, one, you're too good for this. And two, like, you know, nobody wants to see this. You know, I'd rather you see you get 30th and uh, be healthy than, you know, just be in a situation. But, you know, Ken knows. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir right here. Obviously, he posted this um, for a reason. Um, you know, what a great weekend. But, yeah, let's just hope it, like this stops today. So there there was an incident in practice where they showed, uh, you know, Eli trying to get to a fast lap time. And then Jason was in front. And they were their question was, like, was Jason, like, doing it on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was. And you know how you could tell that? It's because he knew Eli was there. And, you know, he would, when Eli got close to try to pass him, Jason would race, race him, stay in front of him. And then when Eli would back off, Jason would slow down, you know? And then when Eli got back close, you know, he would do the same thing. So 100%, it was on purpose. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Like, there was uh, back in Seattle when, um, Chase got in um, Jason's way. You know, Jason flipped out. You know, he said, "I'm shooting everybody." You know, I on bro, and he, you know, how he does. So I don't know if there was an incident that happened before. I gotta, I gotta think that there was something that happened before they met. Like maybe Jason was on his fast lap, and Eli. Um, what happened with Chase in Seattle? Maybe that's what happened. Eli got in his way because Eli's not that type to really play games with anybody. And even though like Jason's aggressive and you know, it, they, they all kind of get into it. I don't, there's no reason why he would do this. You know, it's not like they're, maybe if it was Chase and, and um, Eli, I could see Psyche, you know, points lead, trying to match. But Jason's, you know, 50,000 points back. You know, he's just fighting for third at this point. So there was no reason for him to try to play that game with Jason, um, with Eli. So I'm assuming something else must have happened or there's an incident, you know, dating a girlfriend back in the day. I don't know what it was, but there was more to it than just him getting his way from the fast lap. So I'm sure one of you guys have tell me, but he was definitely playing with him. The reason why, I don't know. Don't really care because at the end of the day, Eli went 1-1 and uh, Eli doesn't care. But since we're bringing it up, there was a reason why. It's El Hombre. It's like chips. You know, you didn't expect somebody to get shot this weekend. Well, there it was almost. So that's what that. Yeah, the KTM, the KTM setup was better this weekend. Yeah, the bike looked a little bit taller, looked faster. And I think a part of that was obviously, he, you know, not only did Ryan Bays and, you know, Lake Minnetonka, I think they dumped the whole bike in there. You know, the bike was, you know, or whatever you call it, what they do, they blessed it, you know, they blessed it, baptized that bike. So it looked better, but yeah, that's it. You didn't really much to talk about because there wasn't much to talk about. You know, he was there. Christian Craig real pretty good. He was there. 
there's a bunch of people there at the race, but you know, there was only like two guys really racing. So I, that was wrong. That was wrong. Now, you know what I mean? Now I've been in those other guys positions. The third, a fourth, a fifth is a third, a fourth, a fifth, no matter how you get it. But my mom asked me when I got here today, she was like, Hey, like how I'm, I'm surprised that Eli and Chase, like, how are they that much faster than everybody else? You know, like way faster. And I told her like, it's not that they're going that much faster. Like they're three seconds a lot better, whatever it is, the time. There was a big gap. It's not like they're that much better. But what they are doing is that there's only two guys racing for a championship. And every year, every class at the end of the year, there's usually the front runners. Well, there's one guy, two guys. And you always see those two guys, no matter where they at, at the end of the year, they'll always be one and two. Like the championship, they always fight each other. And so what you're watching right here, it's not that they're faster and they're better than everybody else, which they are faster and better than everybody else. But just because the lap time said, it's like their their mentality and the way they race, they're racing for a goal. They're racing to win the Lucas Oil Motocross Championship. Like they have a goal that they know that it's all or nothing for this series. Where the other guys, they're like, look, I want to do good. I would love to win. But they're starting to think about testing. They're, th they're thinking about, okay, if I get hurt now, the offseason, how that's going to affect us in Supercross. There's two guys out there, maybe four guys total in both classes, maybe like three with you know Hunter going the other way, that are racing for this championship, that are racing to win this thing. And ultimately, between Chase and Eli, that's what you see. So they race from the gate drop to the checker flag. The other guys are racing. They're racing. They're trying hard. But they're also like, oh, I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to risk the biscuit here. You know what I mean? Like they're going to try to, um, you know, do the best they can. But they also understand that, well, there's really nothing to fight for except for a podium and some bonus money where these guys are fighting. It's all or nothing. It's Trey Kennard, James Stewart, 2013, Millville. It's all or nothing. And every series, every year, um, that's what you see. You'll see these two, two guys that just separates themselves from everybody else. And it's a mindset. It's every inch matters. And I think that's what you see. So that's what I told mama this morning. It was like, they're not like three seconds better than everybody else on there. It's just the way they're racing and attacking the racetrack um, and what they're trying to accomplish. Their mindset is three seconds, four seconds better than everybody else. And that's what you see. And that's why I didn't race. You see that gap between those two and everybody else. And you're going to see that in 250 class. And then more the year keeps going on, that gap's going to continue that way. And there might be, you know, here and every once in a while, an El Hombre will pop up, a Dungey, and they might fight. But at the end of the day, it's going to be those two, you know, because that's all they're worried about. They're worried about racing each other. And, um, you know, that's, that's the result. So good racing. The last couple of weeks, you know, it's been blue. And I said last weekend, I was like, man, I had to wear a different shirt because, damn, Eli's winning a lot. I had a red one, and I thought maybe it was going to get close. I thought I was going to pop out a red, but decided I, started, I decided to wear my blue unicorm shirt. Why? Because I'm wearing a unicorm shirt. I don't know why I wear it, but I'm wearing it today, and it feels good. And I, it, just, it just felt good. Just like when, you know, you, you maybe not at your best, and maybe you're not the fastest, even though the second motor would say you're the fastest. But, you know, you know. You know you had to do some extra stuff, take some extra chances, you know, keep diapers in the back of the bag. To beat this guy, and you did that for one reason. And why you did that is because them neck burns, they feel good, don't they? They feel good. You know, it just makes you feel good. I know Eli's been burnt, 
He was burnt. He was burnt in Supercross. He was black at one point. Well, he's starting to get that way. And why does he do it? Because he knows that, you know what? That red plate, even though he's been winning all these races, if the season ended today, Chase Sexton was going to be the champ until last Saturday. If the season ended today, Eli would be your Supercross champ and Motocross champ. And that's why he wanted to get it. And that's why he's going to get it this weekend. And the only way to get that is by hitting with it, Cole. Suntan, next on fire. Then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Got to get a neck burn to get that championship. And boy, he did it. And he's got like, what, four in a row? Dude's getting burnt. You see him after the race, like, ding, 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 ding. But he wasn't excited as he was previously because he knows Sexy Sexton was there to fight. But nonetheless, it was Eli Toastmack, Toastmacking everybody again, and he got it done. So that was that. That was the end of that class. I told you it was going to be Eli. Something else was going to happen. So maybe I was kind of wrong, but we're going to have to get into 250 class. But first, Let's take a quick break and we'll get into the Lawrence show. So the 250 class, I mean, I, you asked me, we talked on Friday when I popped in your little feed on Friday. And I said, what do you think? I said, it's going to be Eli Toastmack, Eli Toastmack, Chase, and Jet. Well, that's kind of the way it was. Now, I give Hunter credit. You can tell, like, he, he came with some kind of purpose. Like, I, I, he, after last weekend, I think he sensed that that red plate was heavy, whatever it was, he needed to fight back and fight it back with his brother. And he did that the first moto. And them little boys, they were they were aggressive. They were aggressive. Like I noticed that Mount, you know, um, Mount Martin, when he went up there, Jet, you know, jumped across some ruts and let Hunter know. And then, you know, before the mechanics there, Hunter went a little wide, you know, trying to do it. Like they were actually racing. It was cool to watch. Like they were racing each other. Maybe that tension did get a little heated in the truck. You know, like maybe there was some you know, tension in there, especially after last weekend. Hunter might have been still carrying that Styles Robinson beating everybody up, you know, brother or not. Well, he came out the first motor with a purpose and he raced them in. And who knows, but he actually had Jet, like until he caught with those lappers, you know, he might have had a chance on there. I still think Jet would have got to know. Like, I don't know, just the difference of him riding. It's like when I'm watching Jet ride, like with Hunter, Hunter's like trying. It's like when I used to ride my boy Sorby, you know, like he would be doing everything. Like when we practice, he'd be doing everything, like die trying. They actually think he got a chance to beat me. And I'm just like going back and I'm in the corners like ah, laughing. Well, not to say Jet's doing that, but that's what it looks like because it's style and smooth. It just seems like at any point he could just catch and pass him. Like at any point when he decides I'm going to pass him. That's what he can. And then you heard him after the second motor. He said he started thinking about getting ready for the 450 class. And then I was thinking halfway through, maybe I should push. You know, you just get start the build for 450s. But damn, I think he's racing East Coast, West Coast next year, 250. He's long-term thinking. So you can tell where his mindset is. But anyways, his brother, they were fighting. I think that hit him a little bit. Like, I think he was frustrated. He was, he was hot. He was hot after that. Not last weekend hot, but he was pissed. And then the second moto, you know, he gets a good start. Jets, you know, behind him. And, you know, he's feeling like, okay, it's back again. The first moto almost had him. Laffer's caused that. Second moto, I think I can get him. And then, damn, like, they, they red flag it. And then he gets a bad start. 
that was the part where I was like, okay, what is going on? Because he started like top 10 and he stayed there. He went 10th, 9th, and he, he ends up getting fifth, but he was almost a minute back. And I know like in the last couple laps, you know, you can cruise it around, but I mean, for a guy that's fighting for a championship, fighting his brother, um, that's tough. But I also think we got to hold the brakes on that. And I think Hunter always needs to remember this too, is perspective. When you start getting caught up in this thing and you start having a chance to win and win for a championship, that's a good thing. But you also got to remember how you got here in the last couple of years. Like you've been building. Remember when the first the Supercross season started, you were talking about like it was about just being back healthy. Then you want to race. And then it was like, okay, maybe I can try. I, I expect podiums. And then we you finish off Supercross strong and then you get in the outdoors and then you've been hurt the last few years. So perspective would say you should be positive. You should be happy. You just caught in the moment right now, which makes you like angry because you're a racer and you want to win. But the kid's doing good and the kid's like building and trending back to where he should be at. I still don't think he's 100 percent. I still think, you know, as this year goes on, like he's catching his brother at 100 percent. Uh, but, you know, history says it takes a while to fully get back and invest it to like believe in and not worrying about anything crashes, anything happened, all the negatives, they go away. So the fact is he's doing good. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to keep it in perspective because I think right now it's more of a mindset. That second moto, more of a mindset. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're always winning a race, you go down. If there's no, if you're only here to win the race, once you don't have a chance to win, it's hard to race for and I think that's what we saw this weekend. The second moto was like, you know, hear him say he got tired and hear him just being back and that far back. I think he was just so focused on demoralized, losing the first moto because of lappers and the second moto whole shot and, and then maybe having a chance to win, red flag, and then this happened. And so, um, yeah, just reset, go back and then fight your brother because he whooping the ass right now, jet packs on fire. And you know what happens with this. You know what happens, people. You know, dude's on fire. He's one like, Six out of seven of them, I believe, this year. He's won a lot of them. I don't know. Somebody, Lawrence won. They won all of them. And he's, besides his bike smoking because he was too hot for people. He was too hot. Blew his own bike up. He's been the best. And he's been on fire. And you know what happens. You throw a little jet fuel on a little flame. You know what you get? You get it. Hit it for him, Cole. I know. Suntan. Next on fire. I know this mother. It didn't just hit me with one of those. No, okay. That I just thought I looked over and I thought my finger was on the right one. No, don't, don't, don't. I, man, anyways, people, we'll be right back. We students too, because I'm fing pissed. <laughs> All right, guys, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time. Hello, all of us' favorite time. Favorite time because, you know, you end up on this list. Sometimes maybe not on the other side, but you're on this list. So that means it's a good thing either way, even if it's a good or bad thing. So we're going to hit them with the first one. Easy. A stew. Stud. Now, there's all kind of ways you can be stud. I mean, you can be a stud that's holding up a, a house. You know, stud to keep, you know, picture frame on that. I don't know what kind of stud. But with this kind of stud, studs that win. Win. Man, I got what he wrote good this weekend. That dude's a stud. You see how strong he was? He's a stew. 
So, of course, as we always say, a default. And I don't want to put these two guys in the category because I'm going to put them both in the same thing because they both did the same thing. They went 1-1 this weekend, and they've been doing it a lot lately. Mr. Eli Tomac and Jet Lawrence. Now, default dudes usually become the guys that just, you know, win the race. Hey, photo. That girl on Instagram, that Uber driver, that sexy JS7. Well, you know, you keep going down to my photos, you know, all right. But you know, nonetheless, that default photo, just there because it's there. These guys ain't that. They're stews because they did it better than everybody else, and they look better than everybody else. And I say they do men to say what they did. So Jet Lawrence and Eli Tomac, of course y'all stews. It's easy. It's easy. Now, with Chase, I'm even getting him a stew for this one. Why? Because he fought. I think it's the first time in like Eli went into like beast mode, looked like beast mode, and he got passed back. And it wasn't like he faded back. Eli ended up passing him back. But it was the fact that it's like, Chase, that's a stew to stop that alien. You stopped the alien from like flying off. You know, I know when Eli rolled past you, he was like, oh man, it's whatever, dude. I'm about to Colorado. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. It must have been a new holiday, a new state, because he couldn't just couldn't just keep it simple this weekend. But Yamaha's kicking all over the place, him bouncing, him double D's effect wasn't looking like that. It was more like C cups and me. But you know, Chase was there fighting him and he got it done. So that means you a stew, son. That means you a stew. You took it to the champ. And then everybody else, like y'all all stews, I always say we all stews. You finished the race, even the guys that didn't finish the race, we all stews because we've made it. So there's your stews. Chase Sexton for fighting back the alien and Eli Tomac and, you know, Jet Lawrence for doing what they always do. And that's all they do is win, win, win. Hit him for it, Cole. Suntan, next on fire. I just wanted to do that and see if he hit the right button this time. All I wanted to see. So maybe you get a, that's it. All right, people. Now the next one. Stu, pissed off. Pissed off because you in the zone and, and there it goes. Like, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Pissed off because you in the zone. You're like, oh, and you need to start the thing over. Pissed off because this guy is making all these mistakes and that's costing all of us this great knowledge. This great knowledge. When I get in the zone, people, you know, when I get in the zone, I be talking. This dude keeps making me stop. And then I had this thing with Jet Lawrence talking about the jet fire pipe and all this. And he goes, wah, wah, wah. For what? Why? Because it was weak? Nah, because he hit the wrong button. So I'm stewed because I can't put any other rider on this list. We would say, is Chase sued because he crashed? No. You know, he was up there. He was winning. He was taking it to the, the Eli, the alien, man. You got to be up there. You got to be winning to not win anymore. And he was winning and he didn't make a bad mistake. He just made a mistake that ended up costing him the red plate. But nonetheless, it was just a mistake. What about, you know, Hunter Lawrence, should he be stewed? Nah, I don't even know, man. That, that, I don't know. Like, he's even stewed about the Lampers. He could be a little bit. Is he still pissed about Styles and what happened in Supercross? Yeah, possibly. I mean, he might be still fighting him over there. I think he was still throwing veggie mites, but I don't know, man. I think Jet, you know, even though that, you know, ever heard of like that Jet fire, ice, fire and ice? I think Jet's so hot, man, he's freezing these other fools. So I don't even think he's that hot to be that stewed. So the only person on here that's stewed is me. And I know it's not normal, people. I know it's not. But today was a day full of mistakes. And it wasn't you. And it wasn't the guys on TV. It was this clown right here. What about you and your phone going off mid? Bro, like I. That's your phone. That's your phone. phone. Put it on the carpet next time. Fucking 813. I don't even know who that is. Spam. Round five. Oh, shit. See? I'm fucked up. I was talking about Dungy. That's where the five came from. For round seven, Monster. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rookie. Oh my moves. gosh. I told you I was nervous. I don't know why I got nervous. Hold on. I'm back. Once Chase got around now. Oh, what the? F- take a sip. Take a sip. Round seven. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. When I look at this show, it says one thing it says Bubba's world. And this is my world. So in my world, I'm not wrong. You in my world. So you can't tell me in my world, it's okay for the phone to go off. It's okay for my phone. It just went, mm, mm, mm. But like I said, if you wouldn't have stopped me before, I would have been done with that segment. So when my phone went off, we would have been in a commercial break. So of course, it's your fault in my world. That's just how things work out. So it's you again. You see how he's already interrupting me? Anyways, people, I'm just done with it. I'm getting really pissed now. I'm going to get so pissed, I might not even finish the show. It might be, hey, what's your first name? Larry. That's what's going to happen. He keeps messing up like this. Hit that button again. It's going to be Bobby. You ain't going to be like, cool. What's your last name? I don't know, dude. I don't know. He flew back to where are you from? Because he got fired. But we'll keep him on because he's all right. All right, people. That's round seven up at Millville, Minnesota, where you- Again, you had the same thing that happened the last weekend and the weekend before that. Well, Jet did blow up the weekend before that, but it almost happened. But in the 450 class, Eli Tomac, dude's on fire. Chase tried stopping you, but still, you can't stop what's going to happen anyway. And that's that unstoppable force with Mr. Eli Tomac, that alien, just like this cool unicorn t-shirt. Why is it on there? Just because I got it. And when you got it, you get things that nobody else done. And I'm going to do it again. And one more time, hit it for him, Cole. Suntan, neck's on fire. Neck was on fire, Mr. Eli Tomac, Jet Lawrence. All right, people, I'll see you guys next weekend, next Tuesday. Where we at? Always back here. I don't even know where they're racing at. Where they're racing at? Washougal. Washougal, Washington. That might be another slippery track, just like this slippery track, just a different venue and a different thing. And I think we're... We're on pace to pick up Mr. Alex Martin. We're going to stop by Seattle and pick him up on the way and get him back and send him on his way home into retirement. He wrote pretty good this weekend. His brother did a good job on TV, so Martin's back in full. Good to see you, Alex. Jeremy, good to see you back. People, we'll see you next weekend from Washougal, round eight, Lucas Oil Motocross. Until then, we'll see if Cole makes it.